0: Welcome to Blockrocket Stratosphere, the podcast where we will interview partners and leading blockchain experts of our ecosystem to share their latest insights on blockchain-related matters. My name is Sagar and I am the Head of Venture Development of BlockRocket. We are one of the leading accelerator programs for early-stage blockchain startups in Germany. As part of our program, we invest up to €250,000 in pre-seed and seed blockchain startups. We are looking for the next big thing in the blockchain space so if you know someone or if you think you are working on something exciting then feel free to apply to our program through our website in our episode today we would like to introduce you to jan a chief legal architect of etherisk etherisk's mission is to build decentralized insurance applications making the purchase and sale of insurance more efficient Enabling lower operational costs, increased transparency of insurance compared to traditional operations, and democratize access to reinsurance investments. So, welcome, Jan. How about we start with a quick intro from your side?
1: Hi, th- thank you very much for having me, Sega. Um, yeah, so a quick intro maybe about uh, about uh, um, myself and uh, ESA Risk. um uh, Etherisk is a decentralized insurance protocol uh, on which you can collectively build uh, insurance products with open source, free of charge, and project agnostic. Um, and you can cover basically a multitude of uh, risks on the platform. The, the smart contracts uh, and uh, microservices that are available on the platform are um, uh, basically would allow you to build an insurance product for almost. Uh, uh, any uh, sorry insurance smart contract for almost any insurance product provided that you have um, a data source that can confirm the um, uh, the insured event with absolute certainty um, and and uh, of course we're working uh, sort of mainly uh, with an approach uh, to uh, based on parametric insurance products. Um, yeah first uh, um, sort of we started essentially as a um, Uh, a platform. Um, We uh, basically the idea was to build this platform, the generic insurance framework on which, like I said, you can anyone is invited to build their own insurance product. But um, sort of uh, um, we didn't get um, the traction we expected um, of third parties actually building insurance products. Um, So um, we started also to build our own um, insurance use cases on the platform. so um this is probably what you've read about um, which is uh, where we're quite visible at the moment with our um, crop insurance uh, project in, uh, in Kenya which we're doing together with ACA Africa. So there's basically there's the platform uh, um, side of things and there's uh, the actual insurance use cases like um, uh, like the crop insurance or also another product that we've uh, 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 created is uh, flight delay insurance so yeah there's those t- two different um, uh, different different tiers I would say me myself I, I have a legal background um, I um, uh, studied law um, at the LSE and in uh, in Germany and uh, uh, then qualified uh, as a lawyer under German law but then went off into a career in traditional finance um, for an, uh, a number of years and then in 2012 um, I started my my own journey as a serial entrepreneur and uh, focused on companies that were um, somewhere in the space between law
0: technology and finance understood Jan uh, before I start asking you a question about uh, ether risk and further planning I would like to take you back and I would like to ask a specific question about your journey into blockchain space like how did you Get to know about bitcoin of course everything starts with bitcoin right and then comes the blockchain so maybe if you can share a few words about your journey into this space
1: yeah my um i um first um got involved with uh blockchain technology i think in 2000 as early as 2015 or 16 uh, i think 2015 already uh, and it was my auditor at the time who was uh, a bitcoin enthusiast and at first i didn't really understand it but then we set. Uh, uh, together one night with a glass of wine and at some point the penny dropped and then you realize how pol- powerful the technology behind it is, let alone whether or not you believe that Bitcoin will be an important currency replacing others in the future or not. But once you understand the technology, um, your, cre- your creativity starts uh, starts going. And um, uh, yeah, then we um, basically both of us were... Um, Became founding members of a local um, sort of lobby association that um, that was basically um, trying to help the government draft uh, uh, legislation around the uh, sort of uh, blockchain technology, and also we were organizing events um, to uh, educate the public and, and and share our enthusiasm about uh, about what the technology can do and how many or in how many ways it will change the way. Um, we are going to be transacting business in the future. Um, and th- also through, um, through this organization, I um, believe I met the, um, the, the guys of Etherisk at one of the events that we had organized, if I remember correctly, or maybe it was one of their events. Um, and uh, we sort of, because they, uh, so some of them are also Germans, we sort of got chatting and, and stayed in touch and became friends. And actually when I had sold uh, um, the company where I was employed last, um, I was uh, um, uh, then actually, I, I was planning to take a sabbatical. Um, and then by pure coincidence, I got in touch again with the guys from, uh, from Etherisk and they sort of encouraged me to, to jump, uh, uh, to, to, to join them because they, they, they thought um, a, a guy with a legal background could be quite useful for them. Um, so the next thing I knew, a week later, I was sitting on a plane together with uh, Michiel Behrende, um, who is heading up Etherisk Impact together with me now. and We were flying to to Kenya, to which was sort of the, um, the very early stages of the project that we are doing now, where we've now closed the first season of uh, uh, crop insurance for 17,000 farmers uh, in Kenya. So, that would, yeah. It, 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 uh, this is two years ago so uh, i've joined uh, etherisk exactly two years ago so yeah it, it took some time but uh, but now i think we've got an interesting
0: result to present uh thanks Jan uh yes i was just uh, before our podcast i was watching this video like uh Michir, uh traveling to art africa office and uh doing some interviews but yeah amazing stuff you guys are doing so i would like to ask regarding the problem statement like how did you guys found that like uh, this insurance space is like really needs some kind of like blockchain and what kind of problems your guys are trying to solve well you know to,
1: today's insurance market is, is is quite exclusive very expensive and and very inefficient for customers um i'm sure um, that you have dealt with insurance in your private life and it's it's never really um a smooth uh, sort of uh, uh, a smooth affair that, that uh, is very user friendly. Um, um, the same story, I think, exists for investors and, and product developers, uh, there's a lot of regulation, um, and we feel um, um, it's important to have an insurance model that's underpinned by decentralization. Um, um, in order to, um, to offer insurance in a more cost-effective, transparent, and accessible way. Um, also in order to, to be able to build more agile insurance products. Um, and um, yeah, I, um, uh, I, I think um, like maybe the banking industry a few years ago started um, uh, experiencing some challenger banks like uh, Revolut and, and Bank. Um, uh, um, yeah, we, I think the insurance sector um, um, will see similar uh, developments. That, that uh, there's just a lot of inefficiencies and a lot of very sort of slow-moving um, old structures um, of uh, very big companies and and a lot of regulation, which I think are um, um, they, yeah, it's, it's, it's they make the user uh, experience for the customer very difficult, and I think. Um, customers will embrace uh, um, fresh approaches
0: understood so like uh like what was the like a founding process of etherisk i mean uh definitely you have like multiple co-founders at etherisk right and you joined as a chief legal officer at etherisk so uh like what was the like a founding process looks like and like how did you guys meet at the first uh, first point
1: to be honest, I wasn't there. Um, I joined Etherisk two years ago, and uh, so the founding process uh, uh, took place uh, um, in uh, in 2016 and before that, actually. Um, it was really mainly, I think, um, uh, uh, Christoph Musenbrock, uh, um, uh, who had a lot of the uh, the ideas, and there was, of course, uh, other founding uh, um, members, uh, Stefan Karpicek uh, and, and Renat, uh, who... Um, uh, who, who were uh, instrumental in the process, and uh, and um, uh, I think they had the same vision. They saw that there is um, a lot to be improved uh, uh, with insurance, and they saw that blockchain technology is actually the ideal use case um, for uh, sorry that uh, uh, insurance is actually the ideal use case for blockchain technology, and and that there's uh, a lot to be gained with uh, Using a technology that makes things more efficient, um more
0: uh um, more cost efficient as well and 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 more transparent. Understood. So like uh, why why the ether is coming, I mean, uh, why first of all, like why blockchain, right? And how do you guys uh, differentiate yourself from the traditional insurance provider? Like uh, like we have like many multiple giants in the in uh, like insurance industry, as you are also coming from Germany, then we have like Alliance. So like Munich Re and some other big name I don't want to take right but I mean what what exactly like what other things you are doing like uh, then you prove yourself like in upcoming days like you are better than them
1: well let, let me put it this way um, um, of course there is a sort of in the, whole, the general setup of traditional insurance there is um, uh, let's say uh, um, uh, an element of conflict of interest that is built into the business model of insurance companies which is Whatever the insurance company does not pay, pay out in claims pay, pay payments, um, becomes uh, essentially profit and bottom line of the insurance company. It very much simplified, but this is of course um, 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 a problem that lies at the heart of, of uh, insurance. And that uh, and especially where um, uh, the insurance company is uh, um, the the the, the let's say, the, the party of the, of the agreement that controls all the data and all the knowledge and, 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 and that also does all the actuarial work and, and, and uh, the, the mathematical calculations, um, there is, of course, certain mismatch. Um, so, um, um, I believe that there's uh, a lot to be said for, um, uh, for a much more transparent approach and, and blockchain uh, offers exactly that it makes the whole process entirely uh, transparent, uh, transparent for 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 all actors involved so um, so this is powerful and um, what is also uh, important uh, of course to note about uh, the insurance sector there's normally a number of players who come together um, to um, to transact in um, there is of course the customer there's the insurance, Uh, company there's the reinsurer there's often a broker involved there's investors um and of course all these people um, need to trust each other um and like i said there is a sort of uh, transparency is very important but it's also very important that everyone works with a single source of truth and blockchain um provides us um with basically um a platform where everyone uses the same data and and if and this data is tamper-proof, or at least, if if any of the parties has made any um, any modifications to the data, there will be a, a, a sort of a an, an audit trail that that shows this. So that that I think makes makes blockchain really um, an interesting technology to be used in the insurance space. Um, what blockchain then can do in uh, in terms of uh, sort of uh, uh, making insurance products better better for the customers. Uh, uh, like I said um, uh, uh, just just a minute ago, um, uh, um, our platform um, in the use case that we have developed together with aka Africa in, in Kenya essentially makes um, payments in real time possible. Now, um, there the technology is maybe faster than the business process um, uh, on the part of aka Africa because of course it's a regulated entity and and they still want to do some some human checks, but the technology would allow for real-time payments, which uh, of course is, is, is in the customer's interest because he wants the payment when he has got the damage or as soon as possible afterwards. So there's a, um, uh, I think there's, a, um, there's a, a, a lot of very, very powerful advantages to the use of blockchain technology in the insurance space.
0: Understood. So maybe uh, Jan, if you can simplify a little bit more like how the like individual farmer, right, in African country or any some sort of country can use your product, like if you can uh, trunch it down and explain me like step by step.
1: Yes, sure. Um, um, so there's, um, the way we've built the product uh, together with Aca Africa, what we did there was we took an existing product of Aca Africa, which is one of the biggest uh, insurance services providers in sub-Saharan Africa. They've insured, uh, uh, I think, 1.9 billion, uh, 1.9 million uh, 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 farmers to date. So um, uh, they're successful in what they do, and they have a number of products. And we chose um, to uh, take the Bima Pima product and completely automate it. The way the product works now is that you... Uh, um, That uh, at the beginning of the season um, scratch cards are distributed normally in cooperation with uh, farm input suppliers so essentially seed producers so when the farmer buys a bag of seed at the beginning of the season to plant the seeds he um, will take the bag of seeds to his field where he wants to plant them and he opens the bag of seeds and finds a scratch card and then on that scratch card he can uncover a secret code which he then punches into his mobile phone, um, and that can be a normal feature phone, and he, through the USSD communication function, he can then, um, s- with that code, sign up for the insurance, and the the uh, initial uh, premium um, is already paid for by the seed uh, producer. The seed producer, of course, has an interest in, in making his, his uh, bag of seeds more attractive to the ones of competitors, so he includes uh, a minimum prepaid insurance. Um, uh, we, they call that a freemium model. And uh, uh, once the, the insurer is has, uh, sorry, once the, the, the farmer has, has signed up for his insurance, he can then, um, using mobile payment, he can top up his insurance and increase the amount of uh, of cover that he receives. And um, once the, the insurance smart contract is active on our platform, it will track automatically local weather at the location of the farmer that we know because of, um, because of uh, uh, the location that he was sending uh, the USSD code from. So then um, uh, we we use, in this case, we use uh, the weather data from the ARC-2 weather uh, satellite, but we could use other weather su- uh, sources like uh, local weather stations or, or, or soil moisture indexes, etc. And um, there's, there's really the, this is, uh, the sky is the limit when it comes to data sources that we can uh, make use of um, and then uh, so basically we use the, the weather data to, to track the local weather and then once the the smart contract detects that um, certain limits of, uh, of uh, too much or too little rainfall have been uh, have been reached um, uh, he the farmer becomes eligible for a payout and is in like I said earlier in in theory the smart contract would be able to act uh, to to trigger a payment through mobile payment uh, Services networks like M-Pesa, we work with M-Pesa in this case, and uh, and the, the payment could could go out automatically. Although, like I said, we um, for regulatory purposes mainly, we we um, we still have a human uh, step where um, internally at the insurance uh, company and at AK Africa, um, people have a look and, and to make sure that that uh, uh, the payments are in order. Uh, but in principle, yeah, and um, this is this is how it works. Um, and um, like I said, we, we were this season we were able uh, actually to make payments during the season before the, the season actually ended. We were already making payouts to farmers, which is um, uh, unheard of. That's that's very new. Um, that's groundbreaking. Uh, um, and if you compare it to normal, waiting times were between three and six months for the farmer to get his payment. Um, some some other farmers have told us that other uh, uh, insurance companies even take up to two years, which is, of course is is devastating because the farmer needs the payment exactly um, or as soon as possible, uh, exactly in that moment when he has the loss. Because um, either he can replant with the payment, he can save his own uh, save a season uh, and replant again, or he can at least uh, use the insurance payment to uh, to cover his expenses until. You can then uh, sort of uh, um, try again in the next season so it's it's extremely speed of payment is extremely important and it was um, it was uh, uh, one of the biggest problems that the farmers saw with insurance and why they were not taking up insurance if you if you take into consideration that um, in sub-saharan Africa only three percent of all farmers are insured in in the rest of the world it's not much better it's normally under 10 percent of farmers who are insured yeah. so it's also uh, it's a huge market opportunity. Um, uh, maybe we we'll go go into this a little bit later. Um, one thing I think is also worth mentioning about uh, our project with ak Africa. I mentioned earlier that um, we have uh, had some seventeen or eighteen thousand farmers on the platform um, by the, uh, by the end of the season, uh, <coughs> which um, doesn't sound like an awful lot. Uh, maybe in in terms of uh, classic insurance uh, products, but um, on the blockchain, this is unheard of. This is uh, this is no one has ever um, covered more more, uh, um, uh, in, or no no one has ever provided more insurance policies based on blockchain technology to cover risks in the real world. And we're very proud of that. Very uh, this is to use blockchain technology and actually. Um, cover risks in the real world is something that's quite new and 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 we think there's, there's, there's huge potential in this.
0: Understood. I think uh, that's why it took uh, lots of time. I mean, uh, the ether risk is in the space since like last couple of years. And uh, I'm sure you've gone through like lots of ups and downs. Uh, and also, like insurance market is quite tricky, right? And uh, it's also hard to explain. And uh, like uh, as you mentioned in your last answer, like it takes like up to two, three years to claim and in the farmer case i think that things doesn't work and that's not sustainable if the farmers get like some crop loss and if they wants to get, uh, like if they have insurance and if you take like two years then i think the not every farmer is rich and they are like capable of like paying themselves for next couple of months and rebuy the seeds and plant it again so i think what you guys are trying to do is like a really uh, amazing thing but like uh, like my question is regarding the data provider right so at what certain level or what point of level you can trust your data provider because there are there must be some loophole and the people who wants to do shady things they can always find some loopholes right so like uh i heard that you are also using chainlink oracles right and so if you can tell me a little bit more about like your data provider and what sort of role chain link uh, play here when it comes to risk insurance
1: yeah, um, Chainlink is, is a company that we are uh, um, uh, quite quite close to, and we've uh, we've done work with them uh, for a long time. Um, and and uh, yeah, and they were actually also and were deeply grateful for their support because they were um, sort of supporters of the first hour, and they were the first movers and said, okay, this project in Kenya is interesting. We want to support you guys and and. Uh, They supported us with uh, um, some funding to to cover the costs of the uh, of the integration assessment. So um, we're very thankful. And uh, of course, um, uh, um, Rome was not built in one day. You cannot um, change everything about uh, an existing insurance product uh, there in in Kenya in one season. So there were certain elements we had to concentrate on um, and we concentrated on the automation of the process and uh, and the audit trail um, or the notarization of all, uh, all the status changes and transactions on the blockchain and um, in the next season the idea is um, or at least in, in one of the next uh, few seasons the idea is to to integrate chain link oracles as well and, and, and use chain link oracles um, uh, uh, for, for the weather data and I know they're working on very exciting stuff and uh, building extremely powerful uh, models um, and, and yeah, we, we, we are uh, uh, convinced that they are, um, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, they are definitely at the moment the leading project when it comes to providing um, secure data that is um, usable on the blockchain. And, and we're, we're pleased to work with them.
0: Understood. So like, what, are the, what, are, what is the current status quo of like in general parametric insurance market? Sorry, come again? Uh, I'm, uh like uh, what are the stat- what is the status quo of like a current uh, or like a parametric insurance status quo is um that there are um, a, a number of products uh, and uh, projects
1: that are out there um some um I would say um, only few are working um with uh, digitalization um And um, and very few work um, on the basis of blockchain technology. Um, So we are um, trailblazing. Um, When it comes to parametric insurance as a whole, I believe um, there is um, growing traction towards this type of product. Um, And if you take into consideration that um, uh, uh, Internet of Things, will provide us with uh, a myriad of, of all kinds of data sources. Um, and then machine learning and, and, and AI functions will, will be able to, to process in, in way, uh, data in ways that, um, that we uh, can't imagine at this point. So I think um, we, I, I have no doubt in my mind that um, parametric insurance products um, will be the future. And, and this is where the world is moving um, they, of course, um, sort of once the, the, the technology is developed, they can make insurance products so much more uh, cost-effective and, and cheaper, and, and this, this will be uh, something that's very interesting. Um, at the same time, I think uh, another problem at the moment in the traditional insurance market is um, to get capital to, uh, to cover certain risks, especially... Uh, risks that are related to climate change that are not always easy to ensure. And I think there is um, uh, uh, also uh, um, uh, a powerful combination to be made um, that uh, there is a lot of or growing amounts of capital available in the DeFi space um, that is looking for investment and uh, and our platform Um, with the staking models that we are working on will um, provide another opportunity for investment. And um, we are hoping to become uh, the link between the DeFi capital um, that looks for investment and real world risks that are difficult to ensure um, that are looking for cover. And we hope to be able to, or we hope to be the platform that matches up these two, um, these two parts uh, um, in order to benefit uh, people like those smallholders farmers that we're working with in kenya
0: understood i mean i mean uh, like uh, at the moment like uh that whole DeFi tvl is like up to like 300 billion and that's uh, itself is an achievement and i think there is lots of room for the growth i heard like many times like Chainlink ceo like uh sergey is also telling these things like uh we are just going to do 10x in terms of like DeFi volume right so yeah i mean uh, i'm really hoping for like uh best time to come ahead for you guys and uh, but my question is like uh, i'm sure like you guys try to approach like traditional insurance giants right so what was the response and are they like supportive or like uh, they don't really care like what you guys are doing mm,
1: well there is of course we are very interested to work with uh, insurance giants uh, i don't make no mistake about this i mean of course we have no illusions that um uh, um Uh, what we are trying to achieve which is massive scale Uh, we will need partners who are already set up in a global way and and this is what we're looking for Uh, and of course we would like to speak to uh, um to big insurance uh, and we are speaking to big uh, insurance companies especially uh, if they're involved with agricultural insurance Uh, but i i also must say that our experience very often has been that they're very curious they want to learn about the technology and Speaking to players like ourselves uh, provides them with um, a lot of insights uh, for free, basically, uh, and they they use these opportunities um, without any real interest uh, to actually uh, get a project going. And that's somehow uh, or sometimes leads to to some disappointment on our end. Um, I think some insurance companies also do realize the incredible potential for disruption that um, the DeFi space uh, uh, could have for them or that the decentralized insurance space could have for them. And um, they look for conversations with players like ourselves in order to see mm, uh, at what stage are these guys, are they going to become dangerous anytime soon? Um, And uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think generally the sentiment is that they feel um, because of the level of regulation that uh, uh, this insurance uh, sector is subject to, they feel quite safe that um, no uh, startup can really easily disrupt them. And um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. Of course, we we, we believe that um, the market is ripe for disruption, and, and uh, uh, we believe there is a is a space for for um, for blockchain based uh, insurance products
0: understood so some sort of like uh i can say like uh it's like uh insurance giants they are in their own comfort zone and uh maybe they are just ignore like what's happening new or maybe they are not open enough or like uh, humble enough to like uh, see the what coming next like the way like uh Skype did the disrupt or like Zoom did like this right? Like the, the founders don't have any kind of like background from the telecom things. And I'm sure like these guys have approached the like telecom giants and maybe they just got ignored. And right now you can see that, right? We can do yeah. the calls, everything by connecting Wi-Fi and we are not paying anything.
1: That's exactly what I'm talking about. Is I think it's it's it probably was a similar story that uh, Skype was probably also not, they were probably looking for, conversations with big uh, uh, telecoms providers and and were knocking on doors and had a similar experience or probably Amazon, they were probably knocking on doors if they can sell uh, um, uh, books for the big publishing houses and people were probably sh- shrugging them off. But uh, yeah, um, very often disruption doesn't, doesn't come from inside an established industry, but from the outside. And um, we'll see what happens. I think what will be crucial is Um, to convince uh, regulators uh, of the fact that um, the level of technical certainty and security that blockchain technology is able to provide um, is so high that some of the um, uh, um, regulatory requirements that the insurance sector has at the moment um, are um, maybe... Um, not I don't want to say not necessary. They are of course necessary to protect the consumer at the moment, but um, the regulators might at some point see that the technology is just as capable to protect the consumer in a technical way rather than with regulatory requirements. And um, we are of course um, trying to um, we're looking for conversations with regulators, and we've had very interesting conversations with the German regulator in Germany and within the sandbox in, in Kenya and. And we are, uh, yeah, we are. Of course, uh, we we hope that regulators at some point see um, there is a lot to be gained from blockchain technology, and they, certain things can maybe accomplished by technology better than by by uh, uh, regulatory requirements. And uh, and hopefully, um, especially in a space like um, uh, inclusive insurance, uh, the, the, for, for example, the crop insurance to, protect smallholder farmers against the effects of climate change hopefully that they, they see that these farmers cannot wait um, for a long process where regulation finally gets changed and um, hopefully there are some regulators out there who see that the, maybe the the interest of the farmer having access to insurance product is also important and and that they come around and say well you know we've looked at the technology and it's it, it protects the interests of the farmer and everything is transparent and um, for example what we have built in in, in Kenya um, we are at the moment in the process of offering to the regulator that they have their own dashboard to see directly what's happening in the insurance product and you know that's that's, I guess from a regulatory point of view this is an ideal situation for a regulator that they can just basically follow live what's happening with the insurance products and, and Raise questions or or, or concerns when, when something's going wrong. So yeah, we we hope uh, obviously that that uh, that certain things are going to change and that that also of course is going to then open the door to um, a lot of changes uh, that might disrupt the, um, the the insurance sector.
0: Definitely, I mean, if these things uh, would be easier, then everyone can do it. And uh, if if you, if if like uh, entrepreneurs don't get uh, like. Uh, attention from the big giants then it gives more like a boost or energy to the like founders to like make it happen right uh, so my my next question is like what what are your biggest challenges as of today uh, um
1: I'll have to answer this in
0: in uh, basically in the
1: beginning I said we we always have two hats we're in a way we're the platform provider and in a way we are also building our own use cases Um, from the um, from the uh, point of view of uh, of us as a um, as a platform provider we are at the moment looking for mass adoption and we would like to see a large number of um, externally built use cases of insurance products based on our technology um, this is something we're working on and it's, uh, it's it's proven more difficult than we thought to to get teams of developers to to build their own use cases and that, that's that's something which, that we are trying to improve at the moment Um if i speak from sort of from the point of view of the developer of the the um, agricultural insurance use case uh, in kenya um it is um i would say our biggest challenge is disruption uh, uh sorry uh, uh, is, is uh, distribution uh, distribution is um uh, quite costly and difficult in, in kenya and we are um, hoping to find ways to, um, uh, to, to make this faster, especially by working in tandem or in corporations with people like seed producers or microfinance institutions, et cetera. So we're trying to, to find the right partnerships to, to, um, to hack distribution and to, uh, to get to massive scale with these insurance products. Because that's, I mean, we, we need these farmers to be insured. Um, if, you, if you take into consideration that 50% of the calories that are consumed uh, globally every year are produced by smallholder farmers, you, you know that if we do not insure them, this can be very quickly a, a problem for global food, food security. So we, we, need to,
0: we need to get, we, um, get to massive scale understood uh yeah and so like we are running out of time so my last question is like what is your long-term vision for the company or some sort of like our crypto community says like when moon when lambo Uh... when lambo yes Yes. um
1: well um yeah um again i guess um um, uh, i would answer this from from uh Two two points of view. From the crop insurance point of view, I would say um, we need to get the right partners. What we are building at the moment, at Kenya, is uh, is uh, of course also a blueprint that can work in other markets um, for other types of crop, um, uh, for other types of dif- distribution channels. We are obviously building this in order to be uh, uh, to be used in in other markets, and um, and we are at the moment also, of course, in uh, um, uh, advanced discussions with uh, our partners in kenya and also the shareholder of our kenya, uh, kenyan partner Zebri to to develop uh, other projects in sub saharan africa with a much larger scale so so that's um, that's positive and that's what uh, what we're hoping for and then uh, as a platform provider like i said its um, our vision is to um, to encourage as much as possible um, uh, projects to uh, to go live on our platform and or to to start developing and, and then eventually go live on our platform, and um, and eventually um, we see our business model in uh, the actual risk transfer um, uh, of of uh, of the insurance uh, business. And um, like I said, we we hope to be able to connect the DeFi space and the capital that's available in the DeFi space with with risks in the real world, and uh, um, we're going to do that uh, on the basis of, of staking models that we're working on. Um, we're we're going to be developing risk pools um, that uh, will be managed by smart contracts, and, and where DeFi investors can stake their capital in a risk pool. Um, if you follow our um, uh, our um, uh, uh, on our website, you'll you'll see the, uh, the blog posts, uh, and there's always some useful information too. Um, to to update yourself on on where these developments stand.
0: Understood. Uh, so Jan, fantastic. Thanks a lot for joining us today. My pleasure. We are really, we really, we are really looking forward to seeing how your company develops in the upcoming years, and wish you many success. And thanks a lot once again for your time today. Thank you program. very
1: much for having me. Um, thanks, Sega. Nice speaking to
0: you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoy our discussion. Remember to subscribe to our channel to get up to date with the latest news in the blockchain space. Links in the description below. Please also reach out to us if you are a blockchain startup or know anyone who is looking for funding. Talk soon.